For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. And today, I'm joined by, you know him, you love him, the host of Across the Cavs, Zach Weiss himself. How you doing, Zach? Mac, I'm great, man. We back. It is Tuesday night, and we're both feeling very good, I I presume. (laughs) As good as can be. As good as can be. As you know, I'm fresh off my Vegas trip, so... I'm not exactly refreshed, but I am glad to be talking Caps basketball again as it is drawing near. I was in New York City for the entirety of the weekend from Friday through Monday. I I worked three different games, a couple different sports, and uh, I will just say this. If you have any Columbia University listeners here, they are now 4-0 when I do play-by-play for any event on campus, so just know that. Columbia fans, they are 4-0, so keep keep letting them know. Keep letting them know. They're 4-0 now when I'm there. So What sport is this? I, they are 3-0 in field hockey and 1-0 in women's soccer, and I'm waiting ah. to hear about Friday. Might have one game, might have two, might have zero. We're going to find out, but so far, so good. Can't complain, can't complain. Well, you know, we'll go ahead and jump right into it, Zach. I thought I'd just start off today's episode just by getting your honest thoughts on all this Ben Simmons chatter we've been hearing. Now, honestly, you know, as I was telling you off record, I do understand the reasoning behind wanting to acquire a talent like Ben Simmons. Uh, You know, to me, I'm sure my fans, my followers have probably heard me echo about a million times now how much I would just despise this type of trade, but I understand it. I I do understand it, but you know, before I get into breaking it down once more again, (laughs) I just want to hear your, your, your honest thoughts on the matter. So if you are looking at a Ben Simmons trade, you would obviously, you know, most people are speculating that the Cavs would have to include Kevin Love in that. That's number one, just for salary matching purposes. And number two, they would have to include something that Philadelphia would either covet or something that Philadelphia could use now while Joel Embiid is in his prime. And many people are speculating that that would be one Colin Sexton. If yeah. that is the case, would you pull the trigger on a trade like that? 
Yeah, so first off, the whole reason that a team like the Cavs would even be in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes is to make a splash, and we both know, and this is a problem with Ben Simmons, whenever someone says, shot goes up, no one's going to be saying splash right after that. No one is going to be saying splash. They're not going to be saying splash because Ben Simmons never shoots from outside of three feet, and Ben Simmons never shoots. Clank. They're saying Clank puts it up, clanks it off the rim, the Cavs win because he's still going to be in Philly when they meet and he misses the shot that he somehow decides to take next year. I don't like the trade. I really don't, especially if it includes Colin Sexton because, I mean, from Philly's standpoint, no disrespect to anything they have going on, but I don't think Colin Sexton makes them any better. Colin Sexton makes the Cavs better. I can't see him going into it high-stakes situation after three years with the Cavs of not being able to advance and just all of a sudden averaging 30 in the playoffs being that second guy they didn't have. I'm not hating on Colin. I have no negative words. But you see guys sometimes who are on losing teams for a few years struggle when they go to a winner right off the bat. It happens a lot. So I'm just saying it doesn't even make sense for Philly. Yes, they should want a guy like that. And every team should want Colin Sexton. But only one team has him and will keep him. And that's the Cavs. I do not want a Ben Simmons trade. I don't care what has to be given up. If we have to get rid of one of Sexland and Garland or Sexton this early in their career, knowing the potential they've already shown, both being what 21 and 22 years old, I would hate that. I would hate. I also hate now, Mac, that Marty is starting to have to do some reading into imagining situations where Garland or Sexton is on another team and are already watching them. It's like, no. No, they're both so good together. And the only way, the only way I would welcome a Ben Simmons trade is if you somehow do it without giving up Garland, Sexton, Okoro, or Mobley. If you can keep all four of those guys some way, somehow, and just do like love Osmond and like two or three first-round picks, if you had to, fine. Because how many more young guys should the Cavs draft? The hope is zero because they have enough youth that they don't need to draft in the lottery anymore. So that is the only way I do that. But all in all, I mean, I was obviously rooting for the Hawks. Anyone that knows my basketball uh, thoughts and opinions, I was rooting so hard for the Hawks last year. No disrespect to anyone on the Sixers. I just really wanted Atlanta and, and so on and so forth. There, it's – I, I just – I don't want Simmons. I don't want to have to give anybody up. And I think that the Sixers should try and just, I mean, actually, all right, I'm going to, sorry, this is going a little off course, but this is where it needs to end. This is what has to happen. Ben Simmons needs to pick up his phone because he's in the NBA and he's making $35 million a year. He has all these contacts. He needs to call a lethal shooter and say, hey, let's work. If he has three sessions with him, I guarantee he comes out shooting three threes a game next season. That's it. That's the answer for Ben Simmons' woes in Philly, not Cleveland. And I rest my case. <laughs> that is fair enough. And, you know, I know you don't want to talk about this, but I got to press you on it further just because the speculation is just getting out of hand, man. Um, you know, it's been reported that Darius Garland's relationship could really be like a, a pivotal, you know, a key point in getting a Simmons deal done. Now, obviously, we know, you know, both of us, are really rooting for Kevin Love to be moved off the team in any sort of fashion. That would be a win for the Cavs. But I just don't know if that would truly be a win if you had to include Sexton. And you really, really one of the core members, Sexton, Garland, Okoro, Mobley, you know, Allen, what have you. 
moving any one of those pieces is obviously going to feel like a gut punch, especially considering the amount of talent between the two, um, be, not between the two, but between, you know, all of them really. But one would be remiss if they didn't at least consider what Simmons could bring to the table in wine and gold. Now we, we know that he is not a shooter at all. That would be to, to say that is just being kind, to be honest with you, because as I sit here, I believe he's taken 34 career attempts from range in four plus seasons. That's just not going to cut it for, for Cleveland on the offensive end. But on the defensive end, if you're swapping, let's say you're swapping Sexton out, you're obviously going to move Garland to a more off ball role, are you not? You know, you're, you're going to feature Simmons at the one. You're going to have Garland at the two. You'd presumably still have Okoro batting small forward. And whether or not you would want to include Markinen in the starting lineup just for floor spacing, I mean, that's, that's something that JB would have to look at if that trade actually went down. And Allen at five. You know, that, that really – that's three-fifths of your starting lineup that are pretty good defenders and one that's excellent. So on, from a defensive standpoint, it would certainly make the Cavs a lot tougher to score on. But I, I really would think that the Cavs would have trouble scoring more than 92 points a game. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the exact issue. You, you, you can build a defense like that, but they're essentially trying to do what Grind City did. The only difference is we have two guys that can shoot threes and then kind of a wild card, Nakoro versus them, who literally just had Mike Conley. And that was it. I mean, yeah, it's a little enticing to think of, of that, of Simmons and Nakoro and Allen in the same lineup. But in the same breath, you're taking away the guy that gets to the basket, to the cup the easiest. You're taking away the guy that has you even thinking positively. And yes, we can be high on Mobley and Nakoro, but it's how they fit with Colin Sexton that determines how well the team plays. And getting rid of that getting rid of a guy that's on pace to average 27, 28 a game this season would be such a gut punch, a great, great term you just used, in that we're going to see him on another team. He's probably going to be crushing it, and it's rare. We haven't seen this a ton where guys with the Cavs leave pretty early, whether trade or they're released or they're just unhappy, and they shine on another team. Usually it's at a point where – they don't get the same opportunity. Maybe they're not as talented as they thought they might have been, given the rest. Uh, yes, who I still very much like. That's no I disrespect do. to Dion. Yeah, but he, he's not as good as he might have been with those games with the Cavs. I mean, he had some moments with Miami where he was awesome, but as soon as you put him on a Lakers, like on a winner, he has to know his role is going to change like that. He wasn't that. I mean, thinks he's already out of the league. He still belongs in my opinion. So I hope Philly cheese gets another chance, but you know, at the end of the day, that's a great thought, but I still like what we have. I like what we're building. And I think again, Sexton and Garland are only going to improve defensively. I think that's a big thing with the Rubio addition. It's going to help them focus on everything. That man loves to win. He scored 38 in his last game for Spain against the Americans who obviously won the gold medal pretty easily this year. So all said and done, I mean, you look at it, and I really don't think we need Ben Simmons. And it would be great. They'd be better uh, defensively, but you sacrifice so much. He's not just going to come to Cleveland and start shooting jumpers 
I mean, if he did, cool. But like, ugh, I, is you think I'm, he's going to turn into Andre Drummond out there just experimenting? Just because. Hey, at least, at least Andre Drummond can make a full court shot. Ben Simmons sees full court with three seconds left. He'll just dribble out the clock. At least Andre Drummond thinks made like four of those or three of those in his career. Half for full court shots. He's actually really good at them. Uh, I mean, Andre Drummond with the Pistons is also better than what he was with the Cavs, which is better than what he was with the Lakers. And I mean, maybe we include Andre Drummond in this uh, Simmons deal too. We bring him back home when the time comes. Maybe then we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> Evan Love, imagine, imagine oh, Love and Sexton for Simmons and Drummond. <laughs> that would be something crazy. Um, I do have to ask this. Because people seem to, you know, believe heavily that Simmons would truly make the Cavs better and would immediately become their best player, which is a fair sentiment. But does adding Simmons truly make the Cavs, does it put them in playoff contention any more than they already might be? That is a definitely a good question. I mean, again, it depends what they give up. Because if you're giving up your best scorer – to acquire an elite defender, very good passer, who has a lot of limits, limits on something he basically has, but you don't want in your lineup, which is limitations on the offensive end. Ah, that's a great mm, – I think it really depends. If you're giving up one of Garland or Sexton, who are basically your only two top-tier scorers, they're both, you could argue, two of the top 50 best bucket getters in the league. You look at every – and that's across all 30 teams. I know they might – Sexton's well higher. Garland, I don't know where to put him yet, but I think he's close to top 50 if you need a bucket. Maybe top 60. Yeah. He's he averaged what, eight. Upwards. Yeah, he averaged close to 17. He had a 37-point game. Yep, 17.4 yeah, so. this past season. He had a yeah, five, so. nearly a five-point jump. Five-point jump. Sexton had, I think, a four and another four-point jump. So, yeah, these guys, these guys are both trending up. The points are going up. I think that – Cool, Ben Simmons. Look, and I've trashed plenty on Ben Simmons, but at the end of the day, he's still an all. He has been an all, so I don't think he'll be one again this coming season. Just because I think the voters are probably just going to get bored of this. They have to get. They got bored of voting in Draymond, who does. Except he's a better all-around player. This is my debate. But they they got bored of voting in Draymond with his numbers, so they should get bored with Simmons, who's put up the same exact numbers for three years in a row and gotten in. But that being said, I think that. I don't know if it gives them a better chance. I don't think we can answer the question without knowing exactly what the hall would be. Because if you can, if you can exclude Sexland and a Coro, even I don't know if you can. If you can inclu- exclude the would core you four, be willing to let's say that all that they were asking for was a Coro, three firsts, and love. Would you do that? It's so hard to trade a guy like a Coro because I, I feel like I can't think of an example right now. I'm sure there's plenty of names. Guys that had a very promising rookie season, they were already trending upwards towards the end. They got traded and then dominated year two. I, I'm sure there's a few guys like that were promising rookies. I can't think of anyone right now off the top of my head. I know there's a few, even in the, in the league right now. Who, Paul George, maybe? Uh, no, he didn't get traded for many you know, he, he played, like, seven, six years in Indy. I'm talking like uh, they had a good rookie season, got traded after that rookie uh-huh. season. Okay. And then shined on the new team where they were supposed to shine with the old team. I know it's happened. Could you, could you consider Shy or Shay Gildas? And that actually, that's the that's that's the name I was thinking of. Actually, that's perfect. Yeah, because he was he was good with the Clippers. He got better as a one. I think he had about a twenty three point game in the series with the Warriors, which was a career high at the time. 
you gave him an elevated role on a, on a new team and he dominated year two. And now he's already a max contract player. So I just, I, I, it's better than the other three, three, maybe two picks, two picks, not three with that. But I'd hate to see a Coro gone, but if that's all it took, and then you can start Simmons at the three as kind of a third point guard with the other two guys, then I'd be down. I think maybe. That would be the most I'd be willing to get. And you know, man, you've heard me say many times how high I am on a Coro, but I would absolutely make that trade if all it costs was a Coro love and some firsts. But we all know that Philly is going to want more than that. We know they're going to want one of, if not both, Garland and Sexton in that deal. And it's just not worth it, in my opinion. You know, I, I understand the, the fascination with maybe wanting to have an all-NBA defender, somebody who's an excellent playmaker. And I keep saying this, and nobody, it's like nobody – I feel like I'm speaking into a void and nobody's believing me. Ben Simmons, at this point, can be considered the better player, obviously. He has more accolades than Sexton. But better player does not always equal better fit. And sometimes, you know, when you're considering roster construction, you have to analyze, hey, is this guy who is a perennial, you know, all-defensive type of guy, a, a, a very good playmaker, a very good defender, individually he's great. But as a team, uh, you know, a, a, a teammate, as a, a true beneficiary, uh, business, a true benefactor of playing, you know, alongside Joel Embiid, you know, what can this guy do on his own? And how much does would he truly bring to the equation when you're talking about, you know, a team standpoint? I just I just don't see it. You know, I think the I think that there is a place for Ben Simmons if a team is willing to retool and build around him. I just don't want that to be in Cleveland because adding Simmons would most likely mean retooling the entire roster around him. And you have to add shooters around a guy like that. Cleveland just doesn't have the amount of shooters at this point in time that would be necessary for this team to be competitive. If you're willing to blow up the whole roster for him, by all means. But I just I'm I'm through with the idea of punting away seasons trying to see if this experiment will work or if that experiment will work. We've been doing that for the past 3-4 years, right? Well, all right, all right. I'm with you on a lot of that. However, I don't know if punting away is the right phrase yet. First year, we were going to lose. It was just like 2010-11. The suit LeBron left, and then, I mean, it didn't matter who was healthy or what was on that roster. They were not going to win a ton. I, I did crazily say they'd make the eighth spot, but that's also because they had so many vets. I thought we were going to be good, but then JR didn't stay, didn't even want to be there. Corver wasn't supposed to be playing. They didn't know who was supposed to be in. Ty Lue got a raw deal after six games, and then Larry Drew didn't even want to coach. Not that they were good enough to ever even sniff the playoffs, but I thought based on veteran talent, they'd come together and surprise everybody, unlike 2010-11. That was before the year. That was before the offseason even. That was just when LeBron left. I thought it was crazy. Whatever. Obviously, I did know deep down they weren't, and that was just me putting an article together as a very overly optimistic Cavs fan. Fast forward, X number of years later, he's gone again. They weren't supposed to win. They just got Sexton, and then – they still had some holes in their lineup. They had no good bigs at all, at all. And then fast forward one more year, Garland's rookie season. I mean, they, they hired a coach that didn't know what he was doing. So I think they 
they punted on the coach hire. I don't think they put enough into it. And, and I know you're getting a veteran of college. You don't know that it's going to go as badly as it actually will, but it was really bad. And I think it set them back a bit. JB came in, they went what, five and six, which was much better. They started 10 and nine in the COVID season where after nine months of a layoff. And I think that after that point, we were happy, we were excited. And then I think everyone in Cleveland was too content. Yes, they had some signature wins after that, but everyone was too content and things kind of just went to crap. We had another off season. We got Rubio. I know I'm still not high on him yet in marketing, but maybe that can change when the season starts. They got those two guys. They drafted Mobley. And I think the fact that they got three new rotational pieces and they signed Taco, I think they'll sign a couple Exhibit 10 deals with players in the next week or two. Uh, veterans we haven't yet seen signs. They don't want to guarantee it. Who might make the team. And I am actually a little excited for the new guys and the return of a healthy Windler. I think this year, Simmons or not, I think that they're going to go for the playoffs. And I think that JB knows he has to do something. This can't be another four years, do nothing, LeBron comes back. LeBron ain't coming back after the season no matter what. Look what the Lakers just did. This isn't like a Miami situation where they feel desperate and retool. LeBron has AD. AD is a lot younger and better, even with the injuries, in better condition than Wade or Bosch were at that age, I think, with what's to come. So he ain't coming back no matter what crazy scenario we throw out. Signing Taco for Taco Tuesday isn't going to entice him to come back. We don't want him to come back. It's just the the time has come. He gave us 11 seasons, and we can be grateful for that. But that's it. So you can't just have four bad years. They have to do something. If not, they're going to go into a fifth straight year without LeBron having not made the playoffs and have no plan for it. So if they don't don't come close to the plan this year, I think then – then the future is going to be very bad. This year will set a lot of tones for the future. Simmons or not. And I don't think they've punted any years. I just think that they were a little too confident in 20-year-olds to lead them to big wins right away when their college programs weren't exactly amazing while they were there, despite their good production. That's fair. That's fair. I guess what I mean to say when I mean punting is I don't want them to potentially throw a year away in this season and trying to, you know, elevate what we already have with a guy who provides a little to nothing on the offensive side of the ball. You know, that's what I truly mean. I don't think that this team is that far away from playoff contention, you know, when you consider the fact that the East as a whole really just took a massive jump, you know, that's going to factor in heavily into where this team truly finishes as will natural progression and development. I do think if they are able to take the next step as individuals in regards to progression and development, we could very well see this team scratch and claw their way to a play in game. And, you know, I'm hoping for more than that as expectations should always be, you know, higher than just making the cut. But from a realistic standpoint, to me, even making the play in game with the East, you know, taking that step forward would be a progress to me. I could definitely see this team doing that if the rotations are right, if JB, you know, is able to coach this team to some pivotal wins down the stretch, which I definitely think is a possibility if he's given the time to. Um, so I just don't think that's worth risking blowing the entire roster up for it, which would, in my opinion, that's what it would take if you're going to take on a guy like Simmons. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's it's not worth it. It really isn't. And I think that we got to roll with what we got because I think what we got is something special. And if you don't at least try it, you're always going to wonder what if in the worst possible way. It's going to be the kind of thing that keeps you up at night, that makes you wonder if that was your your future in the league in whatever role you were in the front office because you made that trade and X happened. If Philly winds up having their best year yet because of the pieces you gave them, how is that going to make you feel? Because you'll never admit it to the public, but you'll talk to your inner circle and be like, dang, I really botched that. And I really think it's going to be a case of seller's remorse. If you, some could call it buying, getting Simmons. You could also call it selling your most promising piece in order to do it. I mean, it's kind of like if so, in, uh, in uh, Faustus, not to get too much literature, he wanted something so badly right then there that he thought was everything. So he sold his soul to get it. I'm not saying that trading Garland or Sexton is the equivalent of selling your soul to the devil, <laughs> but, but I'm saying it, it might look all shiny now, but wait a couple of months and you watch Garland or Sexton tearing it up with a new system and you see Simmons struggling in Cleveland, people calling that they want him out already. What would you do then? It's, it would be very ugly. It would be very bad. And again, seller's remorse. It's not, you could call buying Simmons. You could also call it selling sex land. Any piece of them or both. Yeah. They I, have to trade one if it's going to get done. No, just the core. In a dream world, maybe, but this is reality. Yeah. I guess my closing thoughts on that would just be, you know, this isn't the type of situation, you know, like with Andre Drummond, where you could basically, you know, acquire somebody like that for pennies on the dollar. No disrespect to John Henson and company, but. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna pay a hefty price for acquiring a talent like Simmons. I just don't think it would be worth it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, man, I I I, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and close out today's episode. You know, talking Simmons to me is just it always gets my blood boiling. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> just, just yeah, man. I think I we've seen. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's, been a, it's been a long couple of weeks. I'd say, I say weeks, really, of this being real speculation. And going on these two to three minute quick tangents, I, you know, you rattle off all these thoughts. And it, I just think every time I'm talking about it, it makes me think even more after I'm done speaking. And every time I hear you come up with points, it just brings new thoughts into my head on it. And still... After this conversation we've had, nothing's changed. I'd still rather have both Garland and Sexton than Ben Simmons. So, you know. I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode. As always, you can reach out to me at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the It's Cavalier podcast as well as Across the Cavs featuring Zach Weiss. Thanks. <laughs>